satisfaction. It sure as hell had value. Her eight-year-old, Nate, attended school all day, leaving her with Megan. She'd figured, why not watch over a few more kids and get paid to do it? Only it had turned out to be a hell of a lot more work than she'd anticipated. After three months, Joan was still learning the ropes. And her dreams of how they were going to spend the money were turning out to be just that. Dreams. No sooner did she get paid than the money bled away on all the little things. Hockey equipment for Nate, a new outfit for Megan, dinners out at Denny's. Her friends asked her how she could handle four children every day. The simple answer was she had no choice. She'd signed up for it and wasn't about to back out now. She also loved it, though she often was too busy to realize this fact. The front door flew open. Joan felt a gust of cold air. Nate trudged into the house, stomping snow off his boots. Home again, home again, jiggity jig, he said, and roared, Mom, I'm right here, Joan sang. He shrugged his jacket onto the floor. I'm hungry, Mom. We'll be eating supper as soon as your father gets home. Nate sat on the floor and pulled off his boots. But I'm really hungry now. Mommy said I could have double bubble if I'm good. Megan bragged. Nate stopped and looked at his mom hopefully. Can I have some gum? You can have a peanut butter sandwich, Joan told him. Ah! She eyed the playing kids like an engineer looking for cracks in a dam and judged it safe to leave them alone for a few minutes. Dylan was playing near the Christmas tree, but not near enough for worry. Megan and Josh were sharing the green glasses. They were laughing. For the moment... All was right with the world. Outside the big picture windows, her small suburban corner of Lansdowne, Michigan, white with snow, was already dimming to gray. Soon the windows would be black with night, and she'd feel closed in. Damn, another day gone in a blur. One thing at a time, she reminded herself. She made a mental note to plug in the tree. Come on, Mom, Nate called as he headed into the kitchen. He'd taken off his winter hat and put on his favorite, a little league cap emblazoned with its Giants team logo. Joan sighed as she followed. The drawings the kids made that morning still cluttered the kitchen table. It was easy to spot Josh's. He was into monsters now. A giant black thing devoured a burning city skyline one building at a time. The Wiggles played in the background on the CD player a song she'd heard countless times and knew by heart. She spread some peanut butter on a slice of bread and poured a glass of milk. Nate crammed the sandwich into his mouth and said, No school tomorrow. Yeah, thank God it's Friday, Joan said. She glanced at his hat, considering another battle to get him to take it off inside the house. He caught her looking and pulled it lower over his eyes. Are we still going skating tomorrow? he asked. We're going to Sandy's birthday party at the park. She noticed the unread newspaper on the counter as she put the bread away. The thrilling world of Spymaster called to her from the movie listings. It was coming out this weekend. She needed a break. If she could talk Doug into taking over with the kids for the party, she'd sneak away for a matinee showing with her friend Coral. Yeah, but it's a skating party, Mom. I stand corrected her daughter's voice. Mommy! Mommy, come quick! Joan raced into the living room. What? What? 
The kid looked at her with wide, watery eyes and pointed at the Christmas tree. She'd been ready to give up this year and get a fake, but Doug had insisted on a real one with all the trimmings. He'd had it rough growing up and always wanted his kids to have everything. It looked majestic and prosperous, heavy with ornaments and garland. All it needed were presents. Once plugged in, the house would feel warm and cheerful, like the holidays. Josh lay on the floor under its branches, writhing and clutching his stomach. Ramona. Twenty-three hours before Herod event. Ramona Fox was terrified. The man she intended to terminate this afternoon had just entered her office. Tall, handsome, and dressed in a well-tailored gray suit, Ross Kelly looked like a CEO, though all he really did was handle employee insurance.